Good morning to each of you. Greetings in the precious name of Jesus. And I'm thankful to be here this morning. Brother Dan mentioned in his prayer that it was an amazing day. And that's how I feel this morning. I do feel a, a, a little um, in need of your prayers this morning. I feel a little vulnerable. I feel a little um, scared. I don't know. I just feel like I'm wading off into something that I'm not sure I have a full grasp on and for sure don't have victory in myself. But turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to start out by reading an article that kind of got all this started in my mind a number of weeks, maybe a month or two ago. And um, we're going to view this, to get started with a little story, we're going to view this board here as a sheet of plywood. And we're going to talk about a man that took a sheet of plywood and he started to cut and he was following a line. And as he was, as he was cutting this, this plywood, he was talking and he was kind of distracted and he was off to one side and the other and he started to get off track a little bit. His saw started to kind of ease off to the side. And his friends tried to point it out to him. They tried to tell him a little bit what was going on and he didn't pay him any attention. He just kept on. When he got to the end of his cut, he realized he was a foot off and there was just no way to fix it. It wasn't going to be fixed. This was the title of this article. And this man goes on to say, Is this what the church is doing today in 2023? Are we drifting off from what we either once was or what we desire to have are we not too are we not serious enough about following the line that we are on as anabaptist people and he goes on i'm going to i'm going to reference him a few times before we get into the scriptures here but this man's name is Barry Grant i don't know if any of you know him or not but uh this is an article I read in, a, in a, uh, a magazine. I believe it's called The Remnant. I'm not real sure if you're familiar with it or not. But he says here, We say it's not a big deal. Let's not be critical. But the longer we wait, the harder it will be to straighten out. At first it shocks us. Later it becomes the new Normal, And he's, he goes on to say, since fighting against drift is not popular among men, the church don't want to do it. There are those who don't want the church to drift, but they have their own problems. The love of money, covetousness, the love of pleasure. No one says anything because it seems that nobody wants to hear. A popular response is, yes, I know it's not good, but what can we do about it? All churches have their problems. Or yes, I would have never allowed that, but I don't feel it's in my place to speak about it. It's not for my family, but it's okay if others do it. This is, this is what this man is saying. And then he goes on to say something that I believe is key, and it's what I want to talk about this morning. It's what is on my heart this morning. And it says we live in a me age. Everything is about me. 
The conservative Anabaptist people are getting tangled up in social media, selfies, tweeting, and you name it. We love ourselves to the extent that we talk, act, and dress in ways that draw attention to ourselves. We promote ourselves. We talk about looking good, feeling good, and living good. But what about promoting Jesus? Jesus said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Why, does it. why is it so hard to find out where we're headed and what path we're on? If we are all about ourselves, then we are not about Jesus. If we are into the things of the world, then we are not about Jesus. We cannot indulge ourselves in the pleasures of the flesh and still say, we are Christians. This man was asked a question why he thought pastors are losing their children. He said, I believe it's the same reason that many Anabaptists are losing their children to the kingdom of darkness. It says the fathers have lost a godly vision for their homes. They live a powerless life and allow the world to come in. Dad spends more time with his business and more time enjoying life than he does seeking the face of God. It talks about young people leaving and going out into service projects simply for a good time. And he says this, he says, They haven't been taught to deny the flesh, and they haven't seen their parents deny the flesh. He goes on to say, husbands are pulling their unwilling wives into the world and wives are pushing their husbands into the world and children are dragging their parents into the world. What is the answer to drift? I may reference his article a little bit more. But this morning, personally, how far would you go how far would you be willing to drift before the principles of what we base our stand on is no longer important? Ask that as a personal question. And I feel this this morning as a real need in my own life. Back to this writer, if we are all about ourselves, then we are not all about Jesus. So what is at the heart of this? What is this writer talking about that has got him talking about our Anabaptist churches that have drifted? And I'm in no way here saying this morning that Santa Fe Mennonite Church has drifted off course. I'm here to tell you, brethren and sisters, this morning, there is a chance and there is a probability that we will drift in this church. The title of the message, I'm carrying on the thought of discipline, is the discipline of self-denial. And as I thought about this article, and as I read it, and as I studied for this sermon, I believe at the heart of drift is self-denial. The heart of not drifting is self-denial. And I want to turn, hold your Bibles here at Romans 12. I'm going to use that for a text. I want to go back to Matthew 16. And I also want to acknowledge to you this morning, while I don't think our church has drifted, 
I feel like there's areas probably in my life personally where I have laid down some things that I used to stand for and against. Matthew 16, and we're going to start in verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Is this true? Is this teaching that Jesus has laid out for us here in this scripture this morning, is it real that if we are to follow after, if we are to have fellowship with, we must deny ourselves and take up his cross and follow him? Is it possible for you and I as mortal, carnal sinners to come to the place where we can attain this. In this life we are living, in the time we're living right now. This morning I believe it's true, and it's only through Jesus, it's only through the shed blood of Christ that we can come, as we talked about in Sunday school, and we can confess our sins, and we can find forgiveness, and we can walk in newness of life. Then and then only can we deny ourselves and follow Him. This is the way that Jesus taught us to live. This is part of the narrow way. This is part of the sacrificial life, the separated life. However, as one preacher said, I am far more qualified to preach on how to deny the cross and take up myself daily than I am to preach on how to deny myself and take up the cross. This morning what I'm simply saying is, is this is a struggle. This is a battle. This comes by discipline. And we've talked about that. It started on a Wednesday night. I believe Ethan had it. The, the thought of discipline in our Christian lives. This is going to take some effort. The discipline of self-denial. Ignatius once said, Whatever you do, on no account condemn anyone. Do not even try to judge whether a person is good or bad. But keep your eyes on that one evil person for whom you must give an account before God, yourself. The definition of deny is to forget oneself, lose sight of oneself, and one's own interest. Self-denial is a real sacrifice of self-interest, of self-motives. 
It's a singleness of eye to glorify God and do good to others. The discipline of self-denial. Now back to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to use this as a text. Romans 12, 1 through 21. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. As we think about the discipline of self-denial, we want to go through these verses here. And we're going we're gonna to focus on us as individuals, you as an individual, as a person, as we pursue the discipline of self-denial. The first one we see here, and we're going to start in verse 9. Self-denial produces real love. It says, let love be without dissimulation, which means let love be without partiality or without hypocrisy. You know, our love needs to be real. We talked about the fellowship of the brotherhood in Sunday school. Our love for each other needs to be real, sincere, unfeigned is the thought we get here from without dissimulation. Don't let your love wear a mask. Don't let your love make an empty profession. Love makes us be kindly affectionate one to another in honor preferring one another. Love makes us share with each other. It makes us give to those in need, ready and willing to share our homes, our time, and our energy. 
First <clears throat> John three. Let's read that. First John three. Got a lot of scripture. I'm not sure if we have time to get through it all. Starting in verse sixteen. Self-denial produces real love. First John three sixteen. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. For whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And he that keepeth His commandment dwelleth in Him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Love is doing something. Love is, is a deed. It is action. It's a verb. It's what we are. It's who we are. Love works hard. It gets busy. It says in verse 19 here, And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. When we love as God would have us to love, it is going to produce a person that is in tune with God. We will have the full assurance of God's favor. And we talk a lot about love. And actually, back to this article there, the first, the first, uh, the first, he had three of them, I believe, in there, and we're not using those this morning, but his first one was love in the brotherhood. He said, we practice a Christian greeting, but do we mean it? And he challenged the church to be a church that loves each other. The second one we see here is also in verse number 9. Self-denial strengthens us to abhor that which is evil. Abhor means to utterly detest. It means to hate the sin as much as you hate the hell that it leads you to. The psalmist says, Come, you children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What is man that he desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. How bad do you personally abhor evil this morning in your own heart? How bad do you detest evil and sin? Are we mindful daily of the evil that is put in front of us and around us? Are we doing everything in our power and with the help of God to keep our eyes, our hearts, our minds away from evil? The psalmist says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. We have a responsibility for ourselves and what we put in front of our eyes. Now, there are some times we can't help it. 
There's some times that we can do nothing about it. But you and I make a choice every day what we put in front of our eyes. Do I abhor evil? Self-denial will help us, will strengthen us to abhor that which is evil. Keep or guard thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. It says the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. He will destroy or cut off the remembrance of them. You and I must make that decision to utterly detest evil. Number three, self-denial encourages us to cleave to that which is good. The last part of verse nine. And this means to be absolutely joined or concreted to that which is good. 1 Thessalonians 5. Just hold your part here in, in a, your chapter here in Romans. 1 Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> in verse 15 it says, See that none rend evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Friends, this morning we are to spend our lives pursuing that which is good, engaging in that which is good, being around people that are good. <clears throat> First Peter 3. 1 <clears throat> Peter 3 and verse 11. <clears throat> Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace. And pursue it. Verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? <clears throat> in our quest or in our, in our, in our, um, in our uh, journey or our uh, pursuit of abhorring evil, we need to find ourselves glued to that which is good it says and who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good titus 2 8 says sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you let's be a people that deny ourselves and cleave to that which is good the fourth one we see here Self-denial guarantees us, and I didn't know if that was the right word or not because it's so strong. But if you disagree with me, come and tell me. Self-denial guarantees us we will not be slothful in our Christian lives. We will not be slow. We will not be tardy. We will not be late. We won't lack earnestness. We're going to be real. We're going to be fervent in spirit. We're going to be on fire. We're going to be never lacking in zeal and keeping our spiritual fervor up. We're going to be on fire, boiling over, glowing, red hot. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. <clears throat> you know, it matters how we look at our Christian life and our Christian experience. <clears throat> Back to Grant, the writer Grant, he says this, Remember when we give a little on any issue during our generation, our children will go farther with it. 
Now, that's not Bible. That's a man that wrote that. But it matters what we do in word or in deed. It matters if we have self-denial in our Christian lives. Turn with me back to the book of Revelations. A well-known scripture that sometimes and often probably maybe even disheartens or strikes fear into our heart because we don't know where we're at. But it says, Revelations 3, 15 and 16, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You know, what a reason to pursue self-denial on a personal level. We don't want to be found spewed out of the mouth of God because of our lack of fervent in spirit, our lack of being on fire, our our lack in, in being slothful in our Christian lives. We must be on fire, live lives focused and centered on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Back to our text here in Romans chapter 12, number 5. Self-denial will give us a path to non-resistance. We find this in verse number 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Could it possibly be that in our church, this would be one of the things that we... We drift off of what we know is right. It says to bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. It says to recompense to no man evil for evil. This isn't my words. This isn't Barry Grant's words. This is what the Bible says. It says to love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Avenge not yourselves. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt keep coals of fire on his head. And then it says this, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Self-denial will give us a path to non-resistance. Don't retaliate. Don't vindicate yourself. Don't get revenge. It will take you off the path. Michael Reagan says it like this, Self-will is the source of all human conflict in the world and certainly in the church as well. God does not heal our self-will and then redeploy it so that we can bless the world with our improved judgment. God heals the world by crucifying our self-will. As Reagan goes on to say, Only when I and firmly nailed to my own cross with a world no peace. Here again, this is not Bible. This is a man. But think about it with me as you think about the, the struggles in your life. Self-denial will give us a path to non-resistance. Number six, self-denial demands honesty. There again, some strong language. Demands honesty. We find this here. Let's see here. I didn't write the verse down. Somebody help me out. It's provide things honest in the sight of all men. Where's it at here? Verse 17, thank you. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight 
of all men. Are we a people of integrity? When we say something, do people believe it? Do they take it to the bank? Am I considered an honest person? And Brother Willie mentioned the seven things or the six things that God hates. <clears throat> seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Self-denial demands us to live a life of honesty. Honesty in what we say, honesty in what we do, honesty in how we live. Are we a people open and honest. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. What a verse. Lying lips are abomination, but they that doeth truly are his delight. You know, there's people that we meet, possibly even work with, that lying is a way of life. They lie every day. Let it not be me. Let it not be you. Self-denial. Demands honesty. Number seven, self-denial will help us to live peaceably with all men. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Does God's peace rule in my heart? Does God's peace does the peace of Christ judge, decide, and govern what I do and what I don't do? Self-denial will help us to live peaceably with all men. The last one we'll look at is number eight. Self-denial leads us to God. And through Him, we can overcome evil with good. Self-denial leads us to God. And through him, we can overcome evil with good. Overcome simply means to conquer. Do you feel like a conqueror this morning? Have you conquered yourself? Is yourself on the ground? Is yourself on the cross? Is yourself dealt with? Is myself dealt with? Turn with me back a few chapters to Romans chapter 8. I'm thankful to tell you, friends, this morning that we are not in this battle alone. If it was up to our own flesh and our own will and our own way, we would never make it. Self-denial would not be a part of our life. But I'm thankful that we can be overcomers because self-denial leads us to a God that is ready to help us overcome. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse number 31... What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is, God, it is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. 
Verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Overcome means to conquer. Self-denial leads us to God, which is our only way that we can overcome and be more than conquerors. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As you pursue a life of self-denial, as you try to stay on the path that you want to be on, the Bible says, My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. We don't have to drift, church. We don't have to drift people individually because the Bible says that we can be more than conquerors. In Revelation, I'm sorry, 1 John 4, 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Revelation 21, 6 says, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him of the thirst of, that is a thirst of the fountain of life, of the water of life, freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Satan is on the left. He's wanting us to drift. He's pulling us. And he's doing a very good job in many, many people's lives. Friends, this morning, God has said, Ye are of me. Ye are of God and have overcome them. <clears throat> the discipline of self-denial. Are you ready? Are you willing to come on board? Are you willing to analyze it and say, yes, it, <clears throat> it is worth it. It is possible. We can do this together. Is self-denial a reality in your heart and in your life this morning? One of the things that, is, that was very, very fascinating to me as I studied this was, is self-denial leads us to freedom. Freedom in Christ, freedom from self, freedom to serve, freedom from drift. Friends, this morning it matters the path we're on and it matters the direction we're headed. Discipline of self-denial. Let's turn now to, for a closing scripture to Matthew 16. just pick a few verses here. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is heaven. 
which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It matters this morning where we draw a line. It matters this morning what we do. Verse 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels. Then He shall reward every man according to His works. Let's take up the challenge of living lives of self-denial. It's not easy and we cannot do it alone. But I am so thankful that as we pursue this life of self-denial, it leads us to God, which can help us. Let's stand for prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for this amazing morning, this amazing weather that was prayed about at the start of this service. Lord, we thank you that we can see you in creation. We can witness your power. We can witness the full moon at night. And we can think about us as little people here on this little earth, so small in comparison to what is so big. Thank you, Lord, for being our God. Thank you that you have promised us that as we pursue you, that we can find you. Lord, you know we're selfish people. Lord, you know that self-denial is not a part of the human nature. Lord, you know each one of our hearts this morning. You know our desires. And Lord, I confess to you this morning that at times I am a selfish person. And at times I wander around, not an example of self-denial. But Lord, I want to discipline myself. And I want to find you. Lord, as we think about our church family, our church fellowship, our family members, as we think about the world and the allurements of the world and the, and the drawing of the world, Lord, help us never to drift. Personally, in our homes or in our churches. Help us to draw a line and be faithful in staying to that line. Help us to be a part of that church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Lord, it's going to take people willing to live a life of self-denial. Help us to be faithful, Lord. Forgive us where we have failed in any way. Lord, I want to bring this church to you, each and every one that's gathered here this morning. Bring the little ones sitting on their mother's lap. They have a future ahead of them. They have choices ahead of them. Give each parent, each mom and each dad wisdom, courage and strength to lead the homes in a way that instills convictions and growth in their children because their children will one day lead this church. Thank you again for allowing us to come to you through Jesus. Thank you for each part of this service. Thank you for the devotional and the songs that were given, the Sunday school hour. Thank you for the fellowship afterwards. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.